Monday night, I came the closest I've ever been to seeing Jesus face to face. But before we get there, I need to backtrack a little bit. Sunday, right after church, I drove with my dad to North Carolina with a a whole van full of stuff to move my little baby sister in. She's starting the next step of her life with her husband in North Carolina. And so we drove straight through, and it took us about 12 hours. So um, we didn't get in until about 1 a.m., and then we got up really early, around 8 a.m. So I was just so exhausted. I was completely tired, but I got up anyway. We started moving stuff into her house. I saw the, my first ever black widow spider. I mean, guys, it was like this big. So I'm never moving to North Carolina. There were just bugs everywhere. But we're moving all her stuff in, and around noon, I realized that there's going to be some bad weather up here. There's going to be a tropical storm, Jose. And so I really wanted to get back on the island because I had my first community group kick off on Wednesday night, and I really didn't want to miss that. So I ended up moving some of my flights around so I could fly back on Monday night. And so I'm just completely exhausted at this point. I jump on the plane at um, 4 o'clock, and I'm on my first flight. And I, all I want to do is just sleep on the plane. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to be involved in conversation. I'm just going to finally get some rest. And On the plane, it is really, really tiny. I didn't know what I was getting into. There's maybe about 30 people on the whole flight because that's all it can hold. And there's just two seats on each side. And normally, I've never really been on a plane like that before. Normally, it goes three across on each side. And so this is a little bit different. And so we're flying. And what I didn't realize is 30 minutes into my trip, we were going to hit some of the winds that Jose was producing, right? And I'm kind of half asleep and all of a sudden, this plane drops like I am on the Tower of Terror. Like, I, I'm not joking, you guys. It felt like it dropped 100 feet. Now, I've flown a bunch of times. I, I'm, I'm totally used to, to flights. I'm, I'm normally really calm. That doesn't bother me. But this plane is going back and forth like someone is swinging, like a kid was playing with a toy plane. And I am just trying to stay calm now. So I'm, I'm up. I'm up. I like, try and get on my phone. I'm trying to distract myself. But everyone else around me is losing it. And when other people start to lose it, I get really nervous. So I just want to show you guys what the person next to me was doing. This lady, she's probably about 50 years old, and this is what she's doing. She's rocking back and forth in her seat with her hands on her ears going, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And now I'm getting like really nervous. Like I'm going to die. She's saying it. So I must be. Now there's a girl right across from me who just got engaged and she was being so loud the whole time about it. And now she's not so happy anymore. She's like, I just got engaged. I can't die. Someone talk to me. And I'm like, I'm not talking to you right now. Where's your fiance? And I'm just like trying to keep like my wit about me. And all these people are going nuts. And like, I'm praying like, dear Lord Jesus, I am not ready to go home yet. Please, Lord, do not take me. I'm like trying to figure out if I can call Jess so I can say goodbye to Kylie. I I mean, Jess. Um, Like, I'm just trying to figure out what am I going to do? And this plane is just going back and forth like crazy. And finally, like no joke, guys, after 15 minutes of like everyone on the plane going nuts, it finally calmed down. But that was definitely one of the scariest experiences of my life. And here's what I promise you. After that time, I wasn't that tired anymore. I was wide awake because I thought I was going to die. But I have a question for you guys tonight. Have you ever felt tired about doing the right thing? Have you ever felt like it would be fun to be bad for a little bit? One of my favorite videos 
on the internet. And then there, there are so many good ones. But my favorite is an interview that takes place with this kid who stole his grandma's car, right? And so he gets his car in a, the car and he gets in it and he steals it and he ends up crashing it. And a reporter asks him, why did you do that? And his answer was this. I just wanted to do hood rat things with my friends. And like, that's like my answer for everything now. And so my, my question to you guys tonight is, have you ever just wanted to do hood rat things with your friends? You know what I mean? Because I know that I have. I, I've really wanted to know what it was like just to be bad for a little bit. I grew up in a Christian home. I, had, I went to Christian school. I was always at church. I felt like I grew up here. But sometimes those thoughts crept into my mind, like, what would it be like to be bad for a little bit, to experience some of the things that I've heard my whole life that I shouldn't do? And I think if we were honest with ourselves tonight, that we've had those thoughts before, that we've questioned if doing the right thing is really worth it. Are we missing out on something? Doesn't it look like sometimes that these people that are doing these things that we are always told are so wrong are having so much fun Right, you, you see all the photos, you see the things on TV, and it just looks like these people are having the time of their life. And it feels like we are just missing out on so many things. I'm going to read to you guys this, version, uh, this verse in Galatians, and it's kind of going to set us up for where we're going tonight. And this is what it says. Let us not become weary in doing good. And you're thinking, man, Joey, it is way too late for that. I am way past that point. I'm just so tired of always doing the right thing. I just want to know what it's like to experience some of these things. I just want to know what it's like to do things my way for a little bit. You know, why does God just get to tell me all these different things? And he feels distant sometimes. He feels far away. Why can't I decide what's best sometimes? Why can't I determine what I do with my future and just deal with it? And the truth is you could do that if you want. There is complete freedom. God has given you free will. He's not going to make you do anything. But maybe, guys, there's a reason why you have heard these things so many times. So many of you guys have spent so much time in your life in church. Maybe some of you guys haven't, and I'll talk to you guys in just a little bit, but some of you guys are just so used to always doing the right thing that you just want to experience these things and know what it's like. But maybe there's a reason why all these people have been saying these things to us for so long. I love naps. Does anyone here love naps? I am all about naps. And here's the thing about naps. I know after I take a nap, I never feel better. I always feel worse after taking a nap, but I do it anyway because I love it so much. It's like you wake up and you don't even know if you're really alive after taking a nap. You're like, did I suddenly die and become a zombie? Like, what is going on? Just feel the worst afterwards. But when you're tired, I normally say and do dumb things because I, I don't, I'm not really in touch with reality in those moments. And some of you guys are tired tonight. You are just so tired of doing the right thing. So you need to be on extra guard tonight because you're going to be tempted to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And it's going to be real easy for the enemy to come in your life and whisper some thoughts into your ear about how good the stuff of this world looks. And you're going to be tempted to give in to those things. And if you are so tired of doing good, man, it's going to be real easy to jump in some of those choices. And so tonight, for a lot of you guys, it's a reminder why it's worth it to do the right thing. It's a reminder on why God's way 
is the best way. And it's not just some old person up here on stage telling you not to do it. It's someone who's lived and went through some real things when I was your age and experienced some different things that left me wounded. And so my hope is that you guys can learn from some of my mistakes. And you could really listen to some of the things that God has to say tonight. And some of you in the room tonight maybe aren't Christians or maybe you're searching and you're like, I don't even know if I believe in God. Forget about doing the right thing. Let me ask you this question. And I'm just so glad you're here tonight. And I hope that you feel at home and Jesus is just crazy about you. Even if you don't know anything about him, he wants to have a relationship and be close to you tonight. But let me ask you this. How's it really going for you tonight? Are you really happy? Are you really at peace with some of the choices that you've been making in your life? Or do you regret some of the things that you've done lately? See, all that Jesus is offering you is a better way. Maybe you can experience some of the things that you've wanted so badly in your life. And guys, here's what's at stake tonight. It's the kind of lesson that you're going to learn. Some of you guys in this room tonight, you're going to hear some of this scripture that I'm about to share with you. And you're going to believe it. You're going to take it to heart and you're going to go, all right, God, I'm going to take this by faith and know that this is truth. And so for some of you guys tonight, this lesson is going to be really easy. You're going to take it and you're going to believe it by faith and know that God is speaking truth into your life. But some of you guys are going to have to learn the hard way because you won't let these words sink deep down in your heart. You won't let God do what he wants to do tonight. And the reason I know that because I've been that person before. There have been times in my life where there were people up on stage and they were preaching and I believed it. And I took it as truth and it transformed my heart and my life. And there were other times where I just had to learn for myself. And guys, it really, really hurt. But I learned a really important lesson. And so it's really up to you tonight. How do you want to learn this lesson? Can you take God at his word? Or are you going to have to figure it out for yourself? And either way is fine. God's going to bring about his purpose. I'm just trying to save you some pain in the meantime and show you that God's way is the best way. And I want to share some scripture with you guys tonight that I just think is just so real. It's just so raw. We're going to look at Psalm 73. And normally when I preach this psalm or this chapter, I, I jump to like the really good part. I jump to the verse where it says, Whom have I in heaven? But you and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My heart and flesh might fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. But before you get to that really good part, the psalmist was angry with God. And he just let God have it, kind of. And it just shows some real emotion. I think it's where a lot of you guys are tonight. And so I just think it's so important that we just look at this tonight and see what this psalmist wrote in Psalm 73. This is what it says. But as for me, my feet, had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And so here's the psalmist, right? And he goes, I'm kind of right at the edge. I was so close to falling over. Some of you guys like pray every week that I just fall off the stage because I always come so close to the edge, right? You just think that'd be so funny. That's kind of what the psalmist is saying. He's like, I'm right on the edge. I am so close to it. I came so close to falling because I envied the wicked. I envied the way that they lived their lives. It just looks like everything that they were doing was so much fun. And it just looked like all they did was prosper in it. Have you guys ever looked at some of your friends and you know that some of the choices that they were making were really bad, but it looked like they were having so much fun? 
It looked like they were so happy. They looked like they were just enjoying life to the fullest and you felt like you were missing out. That's the psalmist right here. He's looking at all these people and he goes, man, it just looks like so much fun. They are just having the best time. I totally envy them. And some of you guys are right there tonight. You've been looking at the world. But here's what I want to tell you. We see the highlight reel. You don't see that person crying their eyes out at 3 a.m. because of the choices that they have made and the consequences that are catching up to them. We don't see about that because people suppress those things. They put the really good moments up, but they don't like to show their brokenness on Instagram. They don't post and write about that stuff. They just want to show you the highlight reel because there is always something that goes along with your sin. And we're going to see what that is in just a little bit. So let's look at this next verse now. He says this, Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Let me ask you, because he just takes this to another degree now. He gets real deep right now. Have you ever felt like you were doing all the right things and life still was terrible? Maybe you decide that you're going to date God's way, that you're going to do it right, that you're not going to be on Tinder, that you're not going to be doing all these things, right? You're going to do it God's way, right? And it just seems like you're still so lonely because you're choosing to do that. You're still trying to do all the right things. You're only going to date a Christian. You're only going to do all these things that God says to do, right? And it just feels like you're all alone. It just feels like you're suffering in that. And that's where the psalmist is kind of like, he's like, I've done it right. I've kept my heart pure. And all I do is feel like I suffer. Man, he knows what that's like. And he's telling this to God. He's not just like writing this in his journal. Like he's, he's singing this to God, essentially. He's letting God know, know how he really feels. One of the greatest things that we can learn from the Psalms, guys, is you can talk to God with however you are feeling. Let him know. He's not scared for you to yell at him. He wants to know what's going on in your heart. And so if you're mad, if you're disappointed at something, let him know about it. Talk to him about it. See, as the psalmist starts to talk about all these things, God starts to work on his heart a little bit. And we see his tone change. And we're going to jump down to verse 17, and this is what he says. Because he just goes on for a while. He is like an emo songwriter. Like He just goes on and on and on about how bad things are, how, how much everything stinks. But then he finally gets to this point. And this is what it says. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed. Completely swept away by terrors. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. And so what does he do? He cries out to God. He lets God know all these things that are, he's feeling. And then he goes into the sanctuary. And he begins to think on these things. And he ponders them. And he realizes it's only a matter of time before, before they fall. It says it's like they're on slippery ground. Guys, when you go after these things of the world that look so good to you, it's only a matter of time before you fall. 
And he gets really graphic in here, right? He says, man, they are destroyed. I don't know about you, but I I don't want to be destroyed. That, That doesn't sound too good to me tonight. But that's where these things will lead you. That's what it will make you feel. And the psalmist who is, feels like he's been doing things God's way suddenly realizes that God has been with him all along, that God is leading him, and he is ever with him. And if he continues to follow him and trust what he says, then he's going to bring him into glory. It's just a matter of time. And so God's way is so worth it. Let me ask you guys this. Can you deny instant fleeting pleasure for genuine satisfaction? See, what the enemy offers us and what the, all, the world offers us is instant gratification. And it's so easy for us to grab a hold on to it. We love when things are quick, when we don't have to wait, when we don't have to be patient. But it is fleeting and it will leave you broken. Or can you wait and be patient and know that God has something so great for you? And so that's the first thing that I want you guys to see is that it's okay if you feel that way tonight. Bring these things before God. You are not the only one to feel this way. That's why this is in the Bible, because it's a normal thing to feel like I'm just doing good and it's never gonna work out for me. I just wanna know what it's like to be bad. You aren't the only one. God gets that, but bring it to him and he will remind you of why. And now we're gonna look at James chapter one and James is gonna lay out to us the real warning tonight. He's gonna go real deep on what happens in those moments when we feel like we're just done doing the right thing. And this is what he says in verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Guys, God isn't causing you to sin. Some of you have been so mad at God lately. You're blaming God for some of the sin that's going on in your life. Some of you guys are like, God, you put me in this situation. You made me give in to this sin. God, I'm just so mad at you. This is all your fault. Guys, God and temptation and evil don't mix. He is not the one that is causing you to give in to this sin. And it's so important that you know that. Stop blaming God for the things that are going on in your life. He is not causing you to sin and fall in temptation. And now James in verse 14 will tell us what's really going on in those moments. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. The moment that you and I were born, we were born into sin. That first breath that we took was sinful. And each of us have our own weaknesses. Maybe some of us have the same weaknesses tonight. Things that we are naturally drawn to. This flesh just gravitates towards. And you know what? That's something that some of us will have to fight for the rest of our lives. It doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. You will always have to fight temptation. Jesus was tempted. He just never gave in to any of those temptations. And so some of you guys just need to know that you have this sinful flesh that you are living with that you will always be at battle with. But through Jesus, you can have victory. But it is your flesh and it is enticing you every step of the way. Do we have anyone here that really likes to fish? Uh, I don't really like it that much. It's all right. I'll do it every once in a while, right? But you know what the enemy is doing? He knows what your weakness is. He knows that thing that really gets to you. And he's just hanging out with a fishing pole, 
putting that sin on its line, hoping that some of you guys will take a bite. And it looks so good to you. It just looks perfect. And some of you guys want to so badly take a bite tonight. But that is your own desires and the enemy coming side to side to to try and draw you into sin. And what James says next is, is just so powerful. And I hope that this picture stays in your mind. And this is what he says in verse 15. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. So this is the exciting part of sin, right? Can we just all be honest that there's something exciting about sin? That there is absolutely 100% fun in sin. If it wasn't fun and it wasn't good for a season, no one would be drawn to it. It wouldn't be an issue for us. It wouldn't be a problem. And James knows that right now. And so he's saying, all right, in the beginning when you're being tempted and you're about to give in and you kind of feel your heart racing right before you're about to do that thing that you know that you shouldn't do, but it just feels right and you want to do it so bad. That's the exciting part right there. That's the high of sin. And some of you guys are addicted to that high tonight. Some of you know exactly what I am talking about right now. And there is just all this great anticipation around it. He says it's like it gives birth to sin. And like I said, at this point, we don't feel like it's sin because we're too deep into the satisfaction of it. And you know, around a pregnancy, there is just so much excitement. People are so pumped about Jess and and, and my babies that are coming, and we are just so excited too. We can't wait. And that's kind of how you feel when you first give into that sin. You just can't wait to see what this is going to produce. You're so excited to see where this is going to lead you because you think it's going to be so fun, and you think it's going to be so satisfying and give you what you've been looking for. But then James says this, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That sin that you are so excited about, it's only going to breathe death into your life. The Bible says that sin is pleasing for a season, but then it runs up really quick, and it only produces pain and death in your life. And maybe you're thinking, Joey, my sin isn't going to kill me. It's not going to bring death. And maybe some of your, your sin will lead you to that if you keep going down that path. Where some of you are thinking, no, it's, it's not that serious. Yeah, it might not kill you, but it will bring death to relationships in your life, to the things that you care about the most. It's only a matter of time before it brings death to the things that you love and you care about and the people that you love, because that's just the nature of sin. It kills everything around you. And guys, my hope and my prayer is that you will realize that tonight, that the only thing that sin produces is death. And you can save yourself so much pain if you just realize this tonight, that there is a purpose and there is a reason to God's way. He's not keeping you from something. In fact, you know what? He is keeping you from something. He wants to keep you from the pain. He's not keeping you from an experience or something that you're missing out on. He's trying to lead your life in the best way possible so you don't have to go through those hurtful things. Guys, 
if I didn't know that this was true and I didn't experience this in my own life, I wouldn't be up here on this stage tonight. I would be out in the world doing other things tonight. But I know that this is truth and that's why I have given my life to it. It's to help you and other people know that there is only brokenness and sin and it only leads to so much pain and death. So what kind of lesson are you gonna learn tonight? Really ask yourself that question. Can you learn from James's warning tonight or will you have to learn the hard way? Please, please, I can't tell you how many times I heard someone say something like this before and I just wrote it off thinking about someone else, something else going on in my life or just thinking about what I was gonna do afterwards. Guys, take this seriously tonight. If you do, you will be so grateful one day that you listen to these words. And here's what you need to know, is that God sees you every single time that you turn down that sin. And I kind of read the first part of Galatians 6, 9, and I want to read to you guys the whole verse now so you can see the full picture. Let us not become weary in doing good. In due season, you will reap a reward. And so God gets it. It's, it's not always easy to say no to sin, but there is a reward for you on the other side of that that is so worth it. And you know what that reward is? It's knowing what real love is like. It's knowing what joy is, like real joy. Some of you guys just feel like you could never experience real joy. Why don't you let go of some of the sin that you've been holding on so tightly? And maybe you could experience what some of that is like. Real peace. And maybe that all these things just sound like fake things that are floating up in the sky. But when you are in the middle of going through something so hard and so difficult and the middle of after just committing a really big sin and you can't sleep and you can't find rest, peace sounds like the most amazing thing that there is to offer. And that's what God wants to give some of you guys tonight. Don't take these things for granted because they are so powerful. And that is what God wants you to experience in this life. Guys, spiritual maturity is being able to see the consequences behind the sin and the reward for overcoming. You know that you are growing in Christ when you can look in the middle of the temptation and say, no, there is so much pain behind this and I know that there is a prize on the other side if I say no. And I'm not always there yet. I'm still in process and it's okay if you're not there yet either. But start to learn how to do this, to look at that, this temptation and go, this is only going to bring death into my life. There is no real joy. This is just some fake satisfaction that will last for a little bit, but I want something genuine. I want something real that's gonna last and truly satisfy. And so here's tonight's bottom line, which what I want you guys to walk out with. It's this, don't believe the lie. There's something better on the other side of sin no matter how enticing it looks, no matter how tired you are tonight of doing the right thing, don't believe the lie that sin will make you happy. I need to remind myself about this all the time. And my prayer is that you guys would too. Some of you guys are sitting here tonight in the middle of a lot of sin. And maybe you just feel like you've messed up too much. You just done too many things wrong. If Joey knew my story, if he knew my circumstances, he wouldn't be saying this to me tonight. But that's also the reason why I've given my life to this. It's because God's grace is so amazing 
It goes beyond comprehension. It covers the worst thing that anyone has ever done. And it definitely covers whatever you have done. And so there's so much grace and healing for some of the death that's come in your life. And I'm sorry that you've experienced that. And there are consequences. But there is grace. And there is healing. And the Father's love is for you tonight. If you are hurting so deeply, run to him and find healing and grace tonight. But avoid future consequences. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much for everyone in this room. And I just pray, Jesus, that you would be with people that are just really hurting tonight, God. People that have just messed up so bad lately, that have just made some bad choices. God, I pray for people who the enemy is telling them tonight that sin is their identity. Sin is telling them that this is who they are and they will never break free and this will always be a part of them and there is no hope for them. I just break that lie right now in the name of Jesus. That there is no power to that lie. That Jesus got on a cross and his blood was spilled so that lie wouldn't have power. That it was defeated. God, I pray for each and every kid. God, as they are facing temptation, God, when it just looks so good, it looks so enticing, and they are just so tired of doing the right thing, God, that you would give them strength, Lord. That you would give them that spiritual um, maturity, God, just to look at that situation and know that there is only pain on the other side of that temptation. Jesus, Jesus, that you would do what only you can do in each of our lives, God, that you would take our brokenness and that you would make us whole. If you've never accepted Jesus into your heart before, I just want to give you an opportunity. And it's just a prayer, but it's about what really happens in your heart. If you want to just try this whole God thing out, maybe just give it a chance. I'm just going to lead you in a couple of words to say. And you don't have to say them out loud. You don't have to come up here. You just got to say them between you and God. Jesus, I don't know everything there is to know about you. But I believe that you're doing something in my heart right now. I feel you moving and I feel you working. And I just want to be a part of this. I believe that you died on a cross for the sins of the world and that you rose again in victory and that by placing my trust in you one day I'll spend all of eternity with you Jesus help me to say no to sin in my life and start this journey